0: This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time-Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddyjams. Daddy Jam's Time-Space Mixes. Welcome to TBF, a Browns Fans Podcast. Well, this is it, the first off-season edition of TBF, a Browns Fans Podcast. And we going to talk some Browns because there's actually kind of some news to talk about. Been movement around the NFL, players signed and trades made and all that shit. Shoulders healing and chips still on shoulders and shit like that. <laughs> so, you know, all kind of crazy, all kind of crazy shit. Yeah. But hey, Cleveland's Baker Mayfield and that chip on his shoulder. Uh Crow Quill has got his little article out on uh, Cleveland.com saying, you know, you know, he's the cartoonist. It's got the doctor looking at Baker. Good news, your labrum is healing well, and your chip is still firmly in place.
1: Yeah a, with talk about you
0: know the Browns being one of the teams in 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 the game for Deshaun Watson, you know, that's just gotta kind of solidify the chip on Baker Mayfield shoulder. And, and this is a guy I think you want playing with a chip on his shoulder. And and they got him new target, a new target for him, you know. Hey? Yeah. How y'all feel Amari about that? Cooper, Amari but- Cooper coming to Cleveland? Is it official? The trade is all. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah. no trade is official until March 1st, but the deals right. can be made and then they'll be executed on the first of March. OK. Or wait. Yeah, can or set up or wait, wait. wait, wait. It's all. It's after the first of March. It's official. Yeah, it's official. Um, You know, so there. There you go or it's not the 1st of March it's some other fucking day in March and we're not there yet but either way man and I don't know I don't know if it's past sources say let's look let's look at the uh the news the browns have agreed to terms and by the way let's just fade this music on out oh yeah so the browns have agreed to terms for a trade with the Cowboys of Amari Cooper Browns trade for Cowboys wide receiver, Amari Cooper, giving up a fifth round pick in 2022 and swapping sixth round picks. And it, apparently that's all. Okay. So that's a, sounds like a good deal to me. It sounds like the Cowboys really <clears throat> wanted to get rid of his ass, you know? <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. Uh, so D line, Cleveland, Ohio, this from the home and garden reporter herself, Mary Kay Cabot, Oh the my Browns God! Have find a way. The Browns have found a way to make Baker Mayfield dangerous again. Either that, or they've just made a new starting quarterback. Uh, made a new starting quarterback to be named later. Very happy. Okay, so leave it to Mary Kay. To just add that little bit of drama in there. On Saturday afternoon, the Browns traded for Cowboys four-time Pro Bowl receiver Amari Cooper, shipping them a fifth-round pick in 2022 and swapping sixth-round picks, a league source told Cleveland.com. It gives them the number one receiver they sorely needed, especially after Odell Beckham Jr. forced his way out of Cleveland midway through last season. The trade will be official at 4 p.m. on March 16th. So there you go. The start of the league year. So it is It is the date. It is not official until the 16th of March. So I suppose, you know, at some time before then, both teams could pull out of the deal. But I doubt it, you know. Although right. the move is really catching criticism in Dallas, as you can imagine. Oh, no. It sure. It really is. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Browns will pick up the remaining three years of Cooper's contract at twenty million per year, but none of it is currently guaranteed. How about that? Which means that renegotiations will more than likely take place. Uh, his twenty twenty one base salary of twenty million will will fully guarantee on March the twentieth. So if they don't, if they don't do something in the first four days, he'll get twenty million for the first year anyway. Right. Which is is a big hit when you think about it. Well, maybe not because this this thing goes on. So listen, and the Cowboys were posed to were poised to release him if they couldn't strike a deal. But the Browns couldn't wait because they might have lost him to the Dolphins who were interested in signing him. Cooper, who will be 28 in June, is from Miami and might have wanted to finish out his career at home. The Jaguars were also among the interested teams. Shortly after news of the trade broke, the Browns granted five-time Pro Bowl receiver Jarvis Landry permission to seek a trade before the Browns release him. So, I know that initially folks were talking about the possibility of Landry also staying um, and it being Landry and Cooper, but it does not appear that that is the plan. Okay. Yeah, Uh, it doesn't. I wish it was, though. Yeah, I was hoping so. I was too. Yeah, He was the number one receiver last year. Landry is heading into the final year of his contract with a cap hit of $16.379 million, and he'll likely have a hard time finding a taker at that sum. If he can't, the Browns would love to have him back at a reduced rate. So, again, it ain't a done deal, but it might be a slightly disgruntled Jarvis Landry if you get him. Or approving Jarvis. I mean, it should be proving. It should be. Well, yeah. Coming, once he, which, I mean, there's, a, there's an acceptance factor, though. Right. Okay. He's well, going to go from disgruntled to proving himself at some right,
2: point. Right. Okay. I mean, right, I do, I do right.
0: feel bad for Jarvis in the fact that
2: I think the stats lie a lot because he was out a good bit last season. And yeah, he was playing whatever. injured. Through yeah. injury and through everything
0: right. else. So his numbers are actually not nearly as bad as what they look. So you so know? no the the word they met with Landry's reps last week to discuss a restructure, but nothing was agreed upon. Mm. Coach Kevin Stefanski mm. and general manager Andrew Berry would like him back at the right price. If they trade or release him, they'll save about fifteen million dollars on the cap. But a receiving core of Cooper, Landry, and possibly even Garrett Wilson of Ohio State with the number 13th pick uh, would certainly jumpstart an anemic passing game that finished 27th in the NFL in 2021. And I would just like to take this time, though, to to hope that the Browns are addressing a more relevant situation as it relates to the passing game in the Cleveland Browns. And that is a little more de-emphasis on the passing game. In other words, a team structured like the Browns. We should be seeing at least an even split on passes and runs in the game, if not more heavy on the run because of the running back core. Now, and I don't want to dismay anybody here, but the word on the street is that Kareem Hunt is a possible trade uh, asset for the Browns, given the emergence of Dearness Johnson. Right. And they put the, um, they did, um, I forget what it's called. They, they put whatever. Yeah. On they, a, tendered, they tendered, tendered right, they tendered Dearness Johnson. They tendered Dearness
2: Johnson. In other words, I don't
0: really like I think everybody really likes Dearness. And, oh, and yeah. given, given the fact that, that uh, Kareem Hunt has had, um, limiting injuries in the past two seasons, where whereas Chubb has also been injured both of the last two seasons, mm-hmm. but came back quickly and came back strong. I'll, I'll say this in, about in, that. In, in the case of Hunt, just let me finish. In yeah. the case of Hunt, okay. he was able to come back, but was right back out of the lineup again. In other words, again. he hasn't right. been able to get back on the field and stay on the field, and he was virtually non existent during the last three um uh, games of play. Right. I just wonder if Darius Johnson,
1: and I, I I like what he did when he did it, can do what Kareem Hunt does. You know how he that reckless abandon that he runs with when he well,
2: well what I was gonna say to that is this be to be honest, the running styles are a little different. And right. um Hunt is a little more forceful, but Chubb and Hunt do have similar. They are both what you would call more so complete backs. Chubb more so than Hunt. OK, so when they're they're right. splitting, we're basically splitting similar running games. Not the exact same, but similar. OK, um, Hunt is definitely a little more straight downhill than Chubb is. Um, yes. yes, but they're very similar. The earnest actually gives you something different. Uh, yes, so, he does. Yes, he does. So, he gives you a
0: wide game for real, right? Um, and and again, it, it, it remains to be seen. I think he's shown flashes of it, but uh, oftentimes one of your backs ends up being a slot type guy in the receiving game, and I think D. Ernest might be able to fill that. I know Kareem Hunt can. Okay, right. So we have to look, but this, this article goes on boys, and it gets just a bit into interesting and keep in mind the source. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the Browns also knew they had to be aggressive because many of the top receivers were already off the market in Atlantis, Calvin Ridley, Tampa Bay's, Chris Godwin, Green Bay's Devonte Adams, and the chargers, Mike Williams. Cooper's 20 million a year average uh, has him tied for fifth in the NFL with Williams among receivers. It appears the Browns are giving Mayfield every chance to be successful in 2022 and rebound from his worst career season in 21. But the organization has done its due diligence on a number of veteran quarterbacks, and word on the street is that they are still hunting around. Uh, Listen, here you go. Here's the meat, baby. Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr, who's heading into the final year of his contract and seeking a big extension, has been on the radar. And they've done their homework on Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson, who was who was not indicted by a grand jury on multiple criminal sexual misconduct charges Friday. That's the one that I think really needs to be looked at. The 12th pick in the 27 in 2017. Uh, Watson still has civil suits pending and faces a possible suspension. Watson, coveted by a handful of teams, has a no-trade clause in his contract but might want to come to Cleveland with Cooper on board, Landry possibly back, and a premier blue-chip rookie on the way. The Browns also have Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz and a championship-caliber roster needing some elite quarterback play. The Browns have the offensive line to protect him, the running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to complement him, and the Super Bowl-caliber defense to match him. The Browns have assured Mayfield's reps that he's their starter for 2022, but it hasn't stopped them from exploring all their options. They don't view some of the available quarterbacks, such as Jimmy Garoppolo, as a clear-cut upgrade. But no one can deny Watson's elite status, and Carr is also intriguing, although the Raiders fully intend to keep him. Their new coach, Josh McDaniels, might not be eager to trade him to Cleveland after they snubbed him for their head coaching job in 2020. The Colts are also expected to make a big push for Carr, a three time Pro Bowler. The trade for Cooper gives the Browns some flexibility at their number 13 draft pick. Enabling them to use it on a defensive end in a trade, in a trade for a veteran quarterback, or to even draft one if Malik Willis fails, they can also they can also still spend it on a Wilson or a Drake London, or have an envied, and, and have an envied receiving core. The key now is for the Browns to treat Cooper like the NFL royalty that he is. They must give him something close to the 117 targets a year he's used to, and give him the chance to have one of his trademark thousand-yard seasons. In his seven seasons, he's eclipsed a thousand yards five times, and finished eleventh in the NFL with 92 receptions in 2020 and 14th with 1,114 yards. That season, he also demonstrated he doesn't necessarily need elite quarterback play to excel, with Dak Prescott injured most of the season. The Browns need only to look to their 49-38 victory over the Cowboys in 2020 for a reminder of how good Cooper is. He caught 12 of 16 targets from Prescott for 134 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, think about it. The the plot thickens Um, again a little bit. I don't think that the final word is in on Mayfield and whether or not he will actually be the starter and whether or not there are other options for the Browns. The Dak Prescott is certainly intriguing. Dak Prescott has to be intriguing. If anybody, I mean, not Dak Prescott, I'm sorry. Deshaun Watson has to be intriguing to anybody who's really watched the league and watched look let, let's f- just forget about Deshaun Watson's off the field antics for right now and let's talk about the player Deshaun Watson I remember watching Deshaun Watson win the national championship against the Texas Longhorns led by Colt McCoy okay I remember when he got drafted I remember his early play I remember him maturing into a top level quarterback in this league I've watched him play he is accurate. He is mobile. He is all the things that you'd like to see in a quarterback including kind of close to prototypical size. What's what's Watson's height? Not sure.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm going <clears> to <throat> try to find out here. I, I think Jeffrey's looking it up. Oh, okay. Height. He is 6'2", 215. Six two two fifteen. That's that that's a good time. receiver. That's a good yeah. receiver size right there. So I mean yeah. stout. Now now let's just let's just be fair. And at the upward estimates of, of Baker Mayfield's height, I guess if he stands real straight, you could call him six foot. But most folks would call him five eleven. Okay. Right. And a half. And a half. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, they say that uh, what's his name? What's the second stringer we got? Uh,
0: Mullen? No,
1: no, Mayfield. By the way, is listed? No, Case Keenum
0: is May- six, Mayfield's list, listed at six. Well, Case Keenum's a gone guy, man. He trust me. Keenum's in the Keenum's, <clears throat> Keenum's up for a re-signing. I, I, I'm just talking
1: about his height. Okay, so like, they got listed as six foot seven eighths. Mayfield six
0: foot five eighths. Okay, whatever. Again, again, neither quarterback. Um, listen, if, if, if the Browns spend any money re-signing Case Keenum, I'm going to be pissed because they got a kid in Nick Mullins, okay, that showed us he can play the game. He and literally.
2: Mullins literally played a game. It was not it was not crazy, like spectacular, but he
0: made no mistakes. He made something no has mistakes. to be said for making no mistakes. He made right. no mistakes. Right. And the only other time that you can track Mullins playing in an NFL game when he came into sub for the 49ers, he did the same thing. Okay, here's a guy that deserves probably to be somebody's number two. And since he's already on the fucking roster, let's just – Let's stop talking about Case Keenum in Cleveland. Let's just stop. Because if nothing else, Case Keenum is old, okay, in terms of NFL quarterbacks, okay? You got to go by dog years with these guys. And Case Keenum's been around, okay, around. He is nearing now the stage of his career where he's the current Josh McCown of the league. Do we, and I've asked this
1: question a lot of people, in fact, ex-football players, uh, including Eric Metcalf and J-Rock of the Detroit Lions. Do we really think that no matter how good Watson is, he's still not elite?
0: Not that, that, I, 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 I would argue with anybody who says Watson's not elite, what the fuck is wrong with your eyes? Okay, because his play, and, where, and I'm not talking about his off-field, listen first of all, Watson was not going to be playing last year, even before he had the problems because he was trying to force a trade. He wanted out of Texas. All right. Mm-hmm. That, so so he that started that? his, that started his off season year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there was the problem. Now right. he's been cleared of the major hurdle and that is he will not be criminally indicted, but there's 22 civil lawsuits that something needs to be done. And and again, will Watson settle these? I would I would if I were him.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm seeing that uh, reading that the Texans could possibly opt to keep him. Sure, him sure, and they, could. And sure they could. Sure they could.
0: I mean and and listen, with a new head coach in Levy Smith who wants an opportunity to win. And what's the guy they currently got at quarterback in his second year? Was a rookie last year. Hey, he looked all right, you know, but he wasn't no Deshaun Watson. No. Yeah. So why wouldn't you keep Deshaun? <laughs> Deshaun Watson's I mean, athletic ability at the position of quarterback places him amongst the elite quarterbacks in the league. I'm sorry. Well, I would. I, I, just, I would also just, say I think he's number ten. That's
1: what I think. I think. Well, he's if you're
0: top ten, that makes you elite. What's Mayfield? Well, What's Mayfield? What's Mayfield?
1: 18 or some shit yeah, like that. There you go.
0: Okay. Well, I always,
2: I, I'll tell you this. How I always viewed his top, is elite, is top five. That's why I get annoyed when that's, people that's, exactly. are okay, but but that's why I get annoyed when people keep throwing around elite quarterback, because the term can't even be thrown around the way it's people way throw way it around. It's used way too loosely. But I will say this. If we if this if nothing ever stopped and Watson kept playing on the pace that he was we would be considering him a top 5 quarterback right now right the, because the, he the was, news would be
0: considering him top 5 because so I thing in his uh, last but wait wait oh, in his last couple seasons he <clears> was literally <throat> in the running for MVP right okay you don't do that by playing eh, okay ball okay well, my uh, on the other addition
1: into the definition of elite quarterback is: has he won anything? That's my question. That's why he brought
0: well, it out of Texas, baby.
1: Yeah, because well, he knew he
0: wasn't going to win anything
1: there. So my thing is, he's still got to <laughs> prove that he's elite, in my view.
0: Well, you wait. Okay, I mean, a team, that may be so. When a team is I mean, clearly holding a quarterback back, why does the quarterback have to what prove that that team sucked? Okay, I'm I mean, just I'm going to tell
2: you. All I'm saying is this. I mean, I'm not saying that's a valid, not not a valid reason to say whether somebody's elite or not. Okay, but your ESPN and talking guys would be influencing people to say he's elite if he had never had this problem, because he'd have went into the next season and he'd perform the same way, and we'd be like, he's got to be top five. The bigger Watson's got to be up there, whether he I, made the playoffs or not.
0: I think the bigger okay. question for Cleveland in considering Deshaun Watson ought not to be whether he is or can be an elite quarterback, because that. That, I think, is a question that will answer itself, and you can statistically answer it by looking at his play up to this point. Is he really a dickhead? Okay, that's what we need to know. Okay, and if he's the dickhead that he could be based on on the 22 civil suits and the potential criminal charges that were, again, the grand jury chose not to indict, Okay. But that doesn't mean he ain't a dick, okay? Right. And and so what? 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 The Browns need to be doing their due diligence on is making sure if he was a dickhead, is he still a dickhead, okay? Because we don't need that shit. I don't care
1: how good he plays, you know. And I want to give him the 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 benefit of the doubt that over the years, with everything that's been you know happening he's 26 now is he has he matured you know you want to give him some benefit there but yeah that that other part is really uh well, something that they Browns have to think about i think right
2: so let me let me i'll I'll say this I'm gonna give you a list of the top 10 quarterbacks last year okay and so this this may put perspective in what we consider elite and stuff because there's gonna be a couple guys left off of here that people are gonna be like oh what well, he was you know so you got Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford. This is in order. Tom Brady, Colin Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Patrick Mahomes. Now, most of that list, you can't argue it. Right. Right. Okay, so that's a couple names in there. I was like, huh, really? Right. So that's (laughs) top 10. Now, if we shrink that to top five. Right. And we go top five's elite quarterback. Right. You have Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. That's it. That's just elite last year. Now we would people would argue, oh, I'm taking Kirk Cousins out for Tom Brady. Okay, fine. Argument taken. Who else do you take out of that top five and not call elite? This is stats. You know, I'll be honest with
0: you. I'll be honest with you, and I have, I'm I'm on record as saying best quarterback in the AFC North is Joe Burrow. Yeah, but but given 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 the level of sacks and the amount of picks that he did throw. In, in the playoffs specifically, I question top five. But if he's statistically there, I I, I, I stipulate, OK, great. But sounds like a down year in quarterbacks for the well, NFL to me. Well, OK, well, so.
2: look at it this right way as well. We've been saying this. You can have an elite quarterback, right? And yeah. still not win the Super Bowl. Well, this, okay? this much is true. But if If we do top five, right? Stafford wasn't an elite quarterback last year. He was a very, very good quarterback. OK, and he won the Super Bowl against the elite one, because that would be Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to have the elite quarterback because elite has to be stopped. That's the same as being in the NBA and going like a star to a superstar or talking about top five. Top five is top five. You don't talk Whoa. about top five and go, well, <laughs> that guy looks good on the field when he doesn't look."s No, you go by what they do. It's stats I, have to be there. I, I remember. I agree with, you. with you.
1: Well, go ahead, but I agree with Jeff. Uh, there, but there's a lot of talk out there that, you know, you know, because of the Trent Dilfer thing that happened, right, with the Ravens. <clears throat> that yeah, that was then, and this is now, and that the quarterback actually does need to be elite. And I'm not saying I agree
0: with that <clears throat> because I agree with Jeff. but well, there's a lot okay of I, pun- I, 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 out there, yeah. The biggest argument toward that, no, the quarterback doesn't have to be elite. is Matt Stafford won the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to say this about right. Matt Stafford. And I was just that was the comment I was coming in with. I remember talking to you, Hugh, before the Super Bowl and telling you, look, Stafford's going to throw a pick a game. All right. And what you're hoping, right. if you are the team that Matthew Stafford's on, is that pick comes early in the game. Otherwise, he's going to break your heart late in the game. So he did throw right, a pick. And he did. He did throw a pick early in the Super Bowl, and it turned out that he also threw three fucking nail-em, fucking passes on that final final drive. Okay, and, yeah. and Stafford's got that yeah. kind of arm. So you know, statistically, he might not have been one of the elites of the league, but that arm is undeniably an elite arm. And and again, the knock on Baker Mayfield this past year was his accuracy was off. And it has to do with the kind of quarterback that Mayfield is because of his diminutive size, because of his diminutive size, he throws the ball with his entire body. Not that all quarterbacks do, but even more so. So, so the Baker can get the torque. There's a lot of hip. There's a lot of, there's a lot in there. And so when something on his off-throwing side is off, he can't put the rest of his body into it the right way, i.e. the torn right. labrum, i.e. the problems going to the left.
1: Right. And I'd like to comment yeah, just, that. I, to I, me, that's exactly why he shouldn't have played last year. Right. And well, did is.
0: not take the ball from him. Well, I'm going to say this. Because it, he had Case but, Keenum to give it to, and he knows who Case Keenum is, whether you do or not. Well, I'm going to say this. Like we we'd have had just a bad season last
2: year had he not played. I don't. I'm not buying into the whole like Baker didn't play and someone else did. We did better. We well, did not make the playoffs. Now, but because, I want to uh,
0: because here one point, Jeff, because we didn't hand the ball off like we should have been. Right. If we'd have been handing the ball off twenty, twenty five times a game on average, that would have bolstered any quarterback's play in the Cleveland offense. Right. But we're uh, handing the ball off 16 times a game. So, see, more so than getting the quarterback position right, which is important, the Cleveland Browns need to get their play calling philosophy right, and it needs to match the character of this team. But I was
2: going to say that I think that um that whole thing about now – with today's time, you more so need an elite quarterback than you did then. I think that's false. I think if you look at Super Bowls of the past, okay, right. there were more elite quarterbacks winning than now. If you oh, just yeah. go down the list, Stafford just won. Whether yeah. you consider him elite or not.
0: Bob West, Greasy, Roger you know, you know, Terry right. Bradshaw. Um, but I'm just, I was Phil about to go Sims. down the list. I was yeah. about to go down the list. You got the Rams one,
2: right? Yeah. When the Philadelphia Eagles won their quarterback was elite no no when when this well the Seahawks won the first time you didn't consider Wilson elite now you do, okay wow. Baltimore you didn't Flacco was an elite. Eli was elite no. Any of those times? I mean, there's been quarterbacks to win. Eli was the most erratic quarterback
0: that ever won a Super Bowl twice, you know? If you said Eli was the clutchest
2: quarterback ever, I'd be all on board for it because he's made some ridiculous in-the-moment Ridiculous late-game throws. There you go. Right. But, I mean, he wasn't elite. So, if you go down the list, there's so many non-elite quarterbacks well. who have been re- winning of recently based on having
0: to- the elite quarterback and being that being the formula for championship success the Chargers should have won twice already because Justin Herbert I'm going to tell you guys physically he is the elitist okay yeah. you know I mean and I, I remember the the day his, cor- his, his coach come out in the post uh, post game press conference and was like well, the best player on the field was Justin Herbert. And he wasn't fucking lying. Okay. Yeah. But you know, they it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. What'd I say? I said, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. The best player on the field was Justin Herbert. I'm telling you, I, Justin Herbert said, no, is the I fucking the truth. wasn't lying. Oh, he wasn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Saying, oh, he's cut out. That's why we couldn't hear. I get what you Okay. Saying. Oh, okay. All uh, right. Yeah, I mean, and so and so but based on that, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think I think the discussions that people have are way too weighted toward what the value of an elite quarterback is. Yes.
2: <clears throat> and I think last year it was just used way too much. It was just ridiculous. It was like, well, this guy's elite. No. There are only five elite quarterbacks. It's just like the NBA. When you talk about top five, there's only t- t- five top five players. And they're
0: really most of the time not really too arguable. OK, well, not only that, you have really good guys. Let's think about this. The Lakers got arguably either the top one or two player in LeBron James, because still at this age, yes. he's and dropping 52 nights in a row and they can't fucking pray for a win. Right. Okay. But They've you finally know what's funny one. about that
2: one? You know, what's yeah. funny about that one because uh, I read all the even the Cavs stuff and everything else and everybody always has all this hate. Oh, he's too old. I, and they were talking about his son, right? Because, uh-huh. you know, he wants to play with his son. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, when that kid comes into the NBA, he's yeah. going to get drafted by somebody. Uh-huh. OK, because if you, LeBron is still a top five player, all the crap can be talked if you want to. If you go to PR ratings and every yeah. and, um, advanced metric that they've <clears throat> ever used to try to determine it, he's a top five player. This not year. not, not he, only he, that, 50 not 50 LeBron
0: game. has said, whoever drafts Bronny, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. Which means he'll take shit for salary if that's what it's necessary, okay? That's what I'm saying. Plus point games.
2: If tomorrow you took a fourth round pick, right? A set a six round pick in the NBA, right? And attached the top a top five player to him, he'd get drafted top ten.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes, he (laughs) would. Okay, so
2: that's why all this argument about that stuff. I'm like. He's a top-five player right now. If he stays that way by the time his son
0: comes in, he'll get picked. But now let's think about it. <laughs> what good has having Kevin Durant really done the Brooklyn Nets at this stage? Well, okay. nothing because
2: their whole experiment
0: failed. All right, right. Exactly. There you go,
2: and he's a top-five player.
0: And by the way, I'm going to stand by my original prediction that at least initially the winners of the trade were— the 76ers because oh, yeah. Harden has reinvigorated that team. I okay. will say
2: this too. I think later on um, Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant that New Jersey I mean um, Brooklyn will be feeling good about it. Oh yeah. My fear on that is you you'll get to the same kind of situation where you're in a situation where look Kevin Durant's had Russell Westbrook before right? Yes okay? he is. You're going to need more out of somebody. Okay, and when you need more out of somebody, and you're looking over at this guy who's putting up stats like LeBron, other than shooting the ball, right? And you're looking over at him, you're like, "Can you shoot a little more?" It's going to be the same issue again. Hey, for all the, the same
0: detractors, for for all the detractors of the beard, uh, he actually became the NBA leader in three points made. He's done, done ridiculous well. he passed, he he passed got, Ray I'm Allen. Just, uh, I'm just saying he passed Ray Allen, okay? And, and that's that's something, okay? Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I didn't think he was going to do that well, but he did very well since he's gotten with Billy. Well,
0: oh, he's, he's got a, Joel Embiid on the inside, and that doesn't Joel hurt is nothing. A he's a beast. Yeah. A beast. Right. Yeah, and, and there you go, and that's enough basketball. Back to the Browns. Yes, that's
2: Back enough basketball. To, I want to use that as a comparison just yeah. to show like all sports have the problem. You know what I mean? But in the NFL last year, it was just
0: thrown around too much. Elite oh, quarterback. Elite, yeah.
2: Everybody was elite quarterback. Well, you know, I was getting
0: my hair cut the other day at Sports Clips, guys. And uh first take was on. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to like Stephen A. Smith because he's always making a point just to make a point, And it's sometimes yeah. hard to even think. Does he even believe what the fuck he's saying? <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's just and, and so it's these are the guys, the guys yelling in the mics and making the point just to be on the opposite side so you can watch two folks arguing. Um, it's like, mm. yeah, I'm not even sure if that's a valid point. You know, <laughs> but a lot of people take that as their sports intelligentsia and, and, and right. they just roll and with not, that as their understanding, I, right? And I like to say they're not like all mad, they're not all bad,
2: okay? Right, but like. Like you're saying, there can be a guy like Baker, right? He's just in the media a lot and everything. And we didn't consider elite to begin with. We were arguing whether he's very good or average because people are calling him average. And I
1: think he's better than hey, average. Okay? I think he's I better than average myself. I'd like to interject something about Baker. And uh, I think people, uh, especially people I talk to about sports, misconstrue misconstru- my desire to see him do well and that I'm thinking he's average or a little above average uh, into thinking that he's elite or that I'm a fan and that well, I can't consider someone else. Uh, my, my you know, I just want to say that I want to see Baker do well, and I think the Browns should give him a chance because of 21 <clears throat> and because of how 2020
0: went, well, and uh, I think he deserves the chance. It's the same point I was making with you the other day when we were talking Hugh, and that is, yeah, you can have your misgivings about Deshaun Watson, but if he becomes the Browns quarterback, you're going to be yeah. like, you're going to want to see him do good. OK, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. the other important part to that is you look at Baker and people are like, oh, he's on the average. I'm I'm sorry. I still believe he's an above average quarterback. I think he's I think for all intents and purpose, even when he was playing decent at the beginning of the season before major injuries happened, he was in the top 10. OK, yes. so now, you got a guy who's you could consider a good quarterback. Why would you want to downplay what he is? Because if the Browns go and get rid of Baker, okay, I don't want them getting rid of somebody who's above average, potentially good to an average quarterback, because that's, you, you want to upgrade. Listen. So if you get rid of Baker, you want to, you want to get something better.
0: Okay. You want to hear something. And then this is okay. Going back to ESPN and let's go to one of the biggest Baker Mayfield detractors that exists. And that oh, is Rex Ryan. No, that is Rex Ryan. Oh, okay. Man. Now listen, I listen literally listened to Rex Ryan just bash on Baker Mayfield week in, week out, week in, week out. But then when the subject of the Browns possibly getting rid of Baker Mayfield said they don't want to do that, he's going to go somewhere else and excel. This is out of Rex Ryan's mouth. Okay. You can
1: say it.
2: It's because you can see it.
1: Yeah, That is exactly what I think. If he goes somewhere
2: else, he will excel. And right. here's the problem with that. Browns fans are going to have to sit there and be like, damn, okay. But we'll be pissed off about the new guy. It's going to put more pressure on the new guy. The new no. guy who comes and replaces Baker's gotta be, uh, got to be. He's
0: got to be mentally. Right? He's have, here, here's what I think the Browns biggest challenge in 2021 was. And it's one of the biggest problems they need to solve going into the 22 season and it has nothing to do with the quarterback in so much as the quarterback doesn't call the plays. We had a rookie head coach who earned coach of the year because he fucking coached the Browns to the playoffs. And you know, if that ain't enough to get you coach of the year, what the fuck is? And then that's how the voters obviously felt on that. Um, But it's almost one of the worst things that could have happened to you because he was emboldened in that. He thought I'm doing it exactly Right and right. he's not and he wasn't because no, when you got a team it wasn't. when you got a team built like the browns you have to you have to play to your strengths and yeah. i'm not saying if that our passing game is our weakness but if you lay it out on a table and you were stacking chips right like in your in a poker game we got more of those right. fucking running game chips than we got passing game chips and there was two right. problems with the passing game one you did have an injured Baker Mayfield. Not injured to the point he should have been out of the lineup, but injured to the point that your play calling should have compensated for it. Okay. Right. right. And. And we didn't do that. We tried to treat him as if he wasn't injured all season long. We would hear our coach say, it doesn't affect his play. It doesn't affect his play until the last fucking game of the year. And they don't play him. They say, yeah, it's clearly affected his play. We would abandon the run way too quick because they were loading the
1: box. And, and, and like, No, like we didn't
0: abandon the run way too quick because of anything anybody else did. It's because of what? Listen, Freddie Kitchens did it because he was a dickhead. Okay? We Mm. don't know exactly why Kevin Stefanski's done it, but it needs to change. Eighty to eighty to eighty-five percent of the time that the Browns come up and line up on first down, they pass the ball like they're fooling somebody. If you do that the majority of the time. And all people know is that all they have to do is load the box on you. And they're literally dictating what you're doing as opposed to you thinking you're being smart. Okay. I mean, they watch film too. Hey, you want them to pass on first down, just load the
2: box. <laughs> That's what I thought was silly about it. it is because it's like, you're going into the game. You're like, Oh yeah, hey, this team, they're never going to get it. We got them guys. I mean yeah. I'm, okay. My problem with the 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 passing on first down as well is it almost prevents you from being able to use play action properly,
0: which exactly. we didn't use enough.
2: And we this didn't use is any a, play action. We got the best running team, game in the uh, league, no play action.
0: And this is a team whose arguable strength is their play action game. Okay, if and it which is built on the run. You can't have Nick Chubb listen. listen while Nick Chubb has not run the rushing title any year he's been in the league, he's been in the running for it every year he's been in the league. And you could argue that the reason he never's won the rushing title since he's been in the league has to do with the fuck, fucking fact that his coaches won't hand him the ball 20 times again. Well, I mean, it's true. He has the best rushing average since he's come into the league. There you go. Um and when you're when you're averaging five plus yards a carry five point four yeah you, you <laughs> goddamn well need to be getting the ball twenty times a game and and I, I listen I'll never forget this and this was everybody remembers Ricky Williams now do you remember when Coach Dave Wanstead was uh, coaching the Miami Dolphins and Ricky Williams was his back I watched him on Monday night and they said well you know they're going to have to hand the ball to Ricky Williams at least 20 to 25 times tonight to win well dave wants that when him went better and he handed the ball to Ricky Williams 41 times in a victory okay cuz when you got a back that can just bowl through people like that and you you he can't do it if it's the ball's not in his hand and by the way, I was slightly off.
1: You've been complaining about that, Before. about the Browns for decades now, no matter what the regime was. I'm not sure I understand why. Well, but 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 at happened. least
0: when we were complaining in the past, we did have some a guy that might have been a good running back at one point in his career, but wasn't, right. was a shadow of his former self. We got a guy in the prime of his career prime. now. Prime. Okay. Yep. We get we got him as a rookie. Nick Chubb is a beast, dude. Listen, I live in Georgia, okay, and these folks down here these these dogs fans they love Nick Chubb still to this day, and he wasn't even oh. part of their championship team, okay? Man, man,
1: I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to some good things. Um, well, it, well, you know, even though Hunt is a trading piece. There's a lot of people thinking he might still be here. What do you think?
0: I I I doubt it. I doubt it seriously because the Browns are going to want to make some moves on draft day, and that's one of the pieces you can do it with. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm going to tell you this: if the Browns trade for Amari Cooper, I think
2: you're going to see Hunt go just because they're going to they're, they're, you're playing into a surety mode. You're playing to okay. We gotta make sure we fill our holes because we. You're playing to win. You can't yes. make a trade like that and not play to win. Mm-hmm. You're playing to win. So I would actually expect Hunt to go, especially especially with the, the emergence they, of the Earnest. Right. With, with, if we didn't have the emergence of the Earnest, I'd expect him <clears> to stay. <throat> with the emergence of the Earnest, I I almost can't see him or Hunt. One of the two.
0: Well, and and again, having tendered Dearness, you you clearly, they have telegraphed their decision. Right. Okay. And it's hard for me to imagine that there's not a team somewhere that don't want to get a Kareem Hunt on their roster so they can even out. Listen, bottom line is the more balanced of an attack you can have, the better off you are in terms of being able to meet any down distance situation, because whether you can pass or run. Effectively, you want to be able to do both in almost any situation. And I, I believe that the combination of Chubb and De gives you more flexibility than it, te- it technically does. Now, this is as me this saying that De is as good as
2: Hunt, I'm not saying that at all.
0: No. No, I, but mean, I am you, saying you can't You can't take the, the fullness of, of Hunt's career from him and let's just remember what he did as a rookie. Right. Um, he, you know, didn't he win the rushing title? I'm not sure. Uh, if he didn't, he was like one or two. I mean, and yeah, he the when he was with it, the Chiefs. And and all right. I'm telling you is, is Kareem Hunt is a badass. And you know there there'll be there'll be it's some bittersweetness on the day say that that news comes out because you know Kareem Hunt he's a hometown kid. You know, yep. it's always nice yeah. to see a hometown <laughs> guy do well on his hometown team. Exactly. But but Man. Kareem did that for us, too. He was on that 2020 team that went to the playoffs and went a game deep. Yeah, and he did well the whole season. But again, I would say that, that I am looking for uh, an, an improvement curve on step Kevin Stefanski, because if Kevin Stefanski uh, remains the play caller, which it appears is going to be so, Okay. And he does not change his M.O. in terms of balance, in terms of run-pass balance. <clears throat> There's going to be issues in the front office side with Kevin Stefanski. And he'll go from coach of the year to, two years later, hot seat coach.
1: If he doesn't shape up. Uh, one of the things about Nick Chubb that I think is just exemplary is he missed, what, four or five games last season and still had 1,300 yards, not getting the ball nearly enough.
2: Well, and yeah, uh, right, not getting the ball nearly, nearly enough. Nick Chubb, for his career, okay, uh-huh. averages 80, it's like 89, 88 yards a game, okay? He averaged 89 last year. I've mm. Actually, for his career, it's <clears throat> around 83. But oh, his boy. last two years, it's been 88, 89. You can't. If you even take those numbers, okay, and start multiplying him getting normal carries and stuff, it almost equals winning rushing title. Absolutely. Like, just can't have the averages like just this. Give
0: me one, not just give me one five-game stretch where you give him the ball 20 times a game, please. <laughs> okay,
2: that's all. It's just, well, you know what <laughs> I'm wanting out of the Browns? It's really not me wanting them to up his carries a crazy amount. There's games where... It will make sense to give him the 18, but the game where he's pounding it and we're basically winning <laughs> off of his back. Why does he not have 25 carries, 25, 25? Exactly. That's exactly. the game where it's like, it's, well, it's and, like, and it's I'll be like honest with up you. off the gas.
0: I'm going to be honest with you and nobody knows what the specific disagreements and the argument between coaching and Baker Mayfield was at the end of the year but we do know there was one because Baker alluded to it. And I believe that because Baker is a quarterback and he understands the game that that was one of his major problems. Why aren't we handing the ball to Nick? Why did you just call a fucking pass play? Yeah. I got the best right. running back in the fucking league possibly behind me. And
2: like, I can't get you to run him. Like yeah, play I mean, action yeah. protects the quarterback. I like it's I confounding.
0: It, it, it's confounding. Yeah, play action protects the quarterback. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, let's see if there's any other interesting shit that's gone on with the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, uh, they uh, they franchise tag David Ajoku. I was just that's gonna say favorite. Ajoku. Yeah, yeah, man. A big move. They needed to do Sir, that. That's uh, that's that's huge because what that tells you is that. Yeah, because remember now, two seasons ago and Joku demanded a trade and the Browns were like, Yeah, that's great. But is no. Hollywood Higgins gone? Yeah, He's he not yet, but he will yeah. be. Okay. <laughs> they are not, they're I nobody's expending been, any hey. effort to, nobody's expending any effort to keep Hollywood Higgins on this roster because look, we talked about it last year. It doesn't matter what or how or why he tends to not ingratiate himself to the coaching staff, no matter what the staff is. Okay. I don't know if it's work Mm -hmm. ethic. I'm not really sure, but obviously Higgins at his best is a talented receiver, but with the emergence of the rookie from last year, now in his second year, um, come on, help me with his name, Jeff, the fast guy. Oh, um, that Schwartz. Is, um, Schwartz. Schwartz. But... Yeah, Anthony Schwartz. And and listen, Donovan Peoples Jones has only gotten better every year. And I think yes, as a staff, I... as a staff, the 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 receiving core was a little bit of a letdown when it come to drops last year. Okay, I, I'm not going to put that all on the receiving core because I think the quality of the ball they were receiving probably wasn't as good as what they were used to. Mm-hmm. Okay, in that right. Baker was he was challenged. Okay, but uh, all that's going to be better. Uh, how, how about this? J.C. Treder, as the president of the NFLPA, uh is a uh, hey, yeah, again, he's doing his job, baby. He's doing his job time. for players. Now yep. let me let's talk about potential receivers for drafting, and I think Jeffrey has an interesting thing for us to think about because we keep hearing wide receiver Garrett Wilson at thirteen. But talk to me, Jeffrey, about an Arkansas Razorback. Okay, um,
2: so lots of lots going on. We got a. Uh... Big talk about Wilson. Then I do not think Wilson is bad. Okay, it's just my personal opinion for the Browns. I mean, even if you look at People's Jones. Okay, uh-huh. he's he's six two. Okay, um, barely two hundred. Okay, this kid is. He's listed six three, but he at the combine he did hide at six two. But that may mean in shoes he's six three. Okay, <coughs> okay. Um, which is totally fine for me. That that's what you are on the field. That I'm fine with that. You know what I mean. So, but whether he's six two or six three, he's he's two twenty five, two thirty. Okay, that is the, if we're talking about like metrics of size and who that compares to. That's T O. Right, and we're talking about Traylon <laughs> Burks, right? Traylon Burks, yes, right. That is so. That's 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 like you drafting T O. To was not drafted high in the draft. You know why? Because he did not. He was not fast. Okay, he had good hands and he was a big guy. That's not what you. And when you're drafting, it's always about the speed and everything else. Okay, we got
0: speed on the Browns. Well, here here's another thing. When it comes to Traylon Burks, and understand that one guy's coming out of another position. Right. Um, but the easiest. Mm-hmm. Comparison for modern NFL fans who don't remember young TL is also a San Francisco 49er, and the role that Traylon Burks could fill would be Debo Samuels.
1: Right. Right. You don't always need speed to get open, that's for sure. And
2: the the perk to that not only needing speed thing is this he probably in the combine, some of the best hands. Okay. Yeah. You. It's something to be said that why is Gronk so hard for teams to play um play um you know what I mean game plan against? Mm-hmm. Because if you put anything on him, he's bigger than them. Okay. You gotta got if you put Traylon Burks on the field or a big receiver like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It puts the defense in a situation, no DB's big enough to beat him by body. Okay. And That's if you right. put a linebacker on him, he's too fast mm-hmm. for them. It's I'm a gonna, mismatch. It is a mismatch that you can't do it. It's why T.O. caught so many touchdowns. Was Tio known for the crazy amount of yards? No, he got a lot of yards, not a crazy amount. OK, but if you got in, in the red zone, you're getting a
1: touchdown. Right. He has so many things going for him, moves, what? moves and height, height, size. Yep, he could jump. I, um, if you
2: have a body like that, you can't press the receiver. Why was T.O. so good? Why was Chris Carter so good? You can't press them. If you can't right. press a guy at the line and you get in the red zone and he's bigger than you, what the
0: hell are and you going to do? When it when it comes to receivers of diminutive size, there's <clears> not a whole lot of Steve Smiths out there. No, okay. no, 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 nah. but I know if you see one of those in the draft, by all means, oh, take him. that's my, rec- yeah. that's
2: my favorite receiver. It's one of my favorite um, players ever. I, I want to throw that, something there out are none of those, out there.
1: you know, we're talking college, but there's a rumor going around and I don't think it's going to become true by any stretch, but what? there's a rumor that says that the Browns could possibly go after DK Metcalf. I don't see it happening,
0: no. but wow what I saw if it is I saw that yeah, one on too. now here's what is the thing I think I think the Amari Cooper trade kind of kills that kills that
2: Right. Yeah. What I'll say to that is this the Amari Cooper thing happened, and we're talking about drafting receiver, right? Which I'm still not against us drafting with the 13th pick. But what it does open up now, if you get Amari Cooper, right? I'm not saying you still don't need another receiver on the other end, maybe to draft. But like you said, we do have Peoples Jones. We have other options. Do we still need to pick up receivers? Yes, we got free agency coming up stuff. But it does open up the path to say, okay, we did get a number one. We don't have to draft, okay, we don't have to draft the receiver at 13 now. Now, we did trade some other picks, so it it makes us a little um, uncomfortable going later. Can we still get a receiver? If a receiver from the draft is what we want. But it Mm -hmm. opens up stuff like, look, you got guys like the, the defense alignment we could possibly, the top three are all from Georgia, okay? Yeah. In the draft, the defense alignment. One in particular that I think <clears> the Browns would love to have, okay, because he would make the our middle of our defensive line hell for other teams. Jordan Davis, okay, he's three hundred forty-one pounds, okay, six-six, and runs a four-point-seven. Okay, the last guy to have sort of he was light. He was actually not as big as him, okay, so he's bigger mm. than um um warren Sapp was but warren Sapp ran a four six at being like 320 and you know whatever heidi was 63 or whatever that's crazy speed for that size this guy has crazy speed for the size he has if he got any kind of penetration in the middle you have a huge guy that you have to put people on to stop from getting through you know how much prep that will lighten up garrett if you have to mm. double a guy like that in the middle of the line defensive okay. line.
0: So let me ask you a question, Jeff. <clears throat> is is your opinion that we should take that number 13 pick, draft this guy, the defensive lineman, interior right. lineman, and then what are the chances that Traylon Burks would fall to the second round for us? I would say um It's a possibility. Or would that be somewhere where a trade involving, say, a player like, you know, you find a team that needs a running back and Kareem Hunt and you you trade back up into the late first round and you take that.
2: See, now Hunt could be your, your piece to get a trade up. But what I will also say to this to that is this. I love Traylon Burks, right? But there are some other receivers. There's another guy we've been linked to. I can't remember his name, but he got. Injured last year, he played on USC. Um, I could probably look up his name right now.
0: And also, while you're looking at stuff, Jeff, yeah. and, and you don't have to now, and it could even be for a show later, okay? But a right. question that I want answered because it intrigues me is that DPG right. is a sizable receiver. Yes. First of all, height and weight-wise, he's maybe not the exact same class as Treylon, but close. Right. (laughs) and what is the evaluation on the development of Donovan Peoples Jones? And is he looked at as somebody that could literally be coming into his own this year?
2: I mean, I can look into that. Well, I can tell you what I saw of Donovan Peoples Jones. Okay, and the reason why I'm still clamoring for a guy with good hands and size was because the hands are questionable. The hands are questionable. It's not the other stuff. Okay, because he obviously, when we were trying to feature him for the bit last year, the last three or four games, he was getting open. Well, not only that, but I I would like to.
0: I I would like, in this case, to point back to twenty twenty. Okay. and, right. and specifically the game against the Bengals, the second game against them. But You remember the game where it was very high scoring and we were just. Right. Peoples Jones had one of the best catches made by a Browns receiver in the past five seasons with that thing on the on the sideline, the one hander thing that he did. Yes, he did. I remember. OK, OK. Yeah, and so Peoples-Jones has demonstrated that he can make the difficult catches on 50-50 balls. 50, yes. 50.
2: You know who yes, remind yes. that reminds me of? <clears throat> What's that? Quincy Morgan.
0: Yeah, both.
2: Where he had yeah. the hands and you make, it, make these crazy catches, but like the simple ones,
0: it was the consistency. It's like, how is right. he dropping that, though? Right. You see the arms so on at him. It wasn't, at least it doesn't remind me of Paul Hubbard. You guys remember right. him. Okay, Alva, uh, uh, Alva no. used to get Alva used to get so frustrated with him because he'd be wide open in the end zone. <laughs> do do his, Weber, but nope, his hands yeah. were just flailing around and it's like, how in the <laughs> hell? What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? And and but so at least it's not that. Okay. <laughs> but to pick up back of where I was, so the guy's name is Drake London. And okay. He is six five two ten. Well, now there's a there's a shot. And, and he really looks like somebody that could be there in the second. Later, round. For you. He had an yeah. injury last year. OK, so he was going to okay. be hard. Now, I think he's been
2: getting gaining ground on pulling up, which would make other guys pull down. OK, so I, I do think the Browns could draft a defensive lineman. And there's more other than I said,
0: the top three are all from Georgia. But I okay? would really so like I'd really like to get that interior guy. I mean, oh, I yeah. think that I There's think that a, it, more so than sewing up the other edge. Because imagine this: yeah. you've got you got miles on the edge. You get this guy in the middle; the other end can look a lot better if you're collapsing the middle, like Sean Rogers used to. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: But I think you know. Oh, by the way, Clowny. Think he's gone or
0: will he stay? It's almost a surety that he's gone because he doesn't want to stay go. because he's he's already seen what the Browns want to pay him. And he said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go look. Look,
2: I mean, my my com- other comment, I want to make there's Jordan. There's Jordan Davis. And that's who I would love the Browns to pick. That's who I want him to get. OK, but there's also a, also Devontae Wyatt. OK, he All played right. next to Jordan Davis. He's six three three fifteen, runs a four, seven. Oh, that's good, too. Okay, and then there's his other teammate who's on the edge. Okay, who's six five two seventy five. Well, Georgia
0: has really got a problem on the defensive line, don't they? Yeah, they lost some guys. Yeah, they lost some guys.
2: Man, (laughs) damn. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, any three of those guys, I think we pick, they will help immensely on our defensive line. I would take any of them. I would love Jordan Davis more than any of them. Any of that, if they picked him, I think we'd have we'd have what we wanted when we had Sean Rogers getting somebody else on there that could take advantage of him being there. Right. All right. And that's crazy to say we have miles Garrett and we'd be drafting a guy that, to say, well, oh, miles Garrett, take advantage of what we're, we're you know, th- that's crazy. Okay. So I'd love them to do
0: it. You'd have a defensive line that people would be afraid to play against. Okay. So I want to cover one more thing before we get out of here guys. And it's something I've said a couple times, but a guy named Chad Porto of uh, let's see what's that? the Factory of Sadness at the Factory of Sadness it has a headline that sums it up for me, and it's an article worth reading. And you guys can go to the TBF Nation uh, Flipboard magazine. And if you're not doing Flipboard nowadays, listen, I know a lot of people are getting their news from you know your traditional websites. Um, and that's great, but some people want a place where they can go and find curated news where people diligently put together information that's not just the latest clickbait headline, where you can actually find some information. And Flipboard is a real good place to go do that. And I have a suite of magazines um, on there, uh, and one of them is the TBF Nation. Magazine, and I highly recommend going to flipboard.com. Sign up, and it didn't cost you anything, guys. Okay, and uh, and 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 get this content because it's great. But Chris Porto writes in his headline, Kevin Stefanski as a play caller may have the most to prove for the Browns. Yes, I'm finally, you know, eventually people are going to catch on to stuff. Yeah, you know, if we did a list. And we may do a list of boneheaded Kevin Stefanski decisions in 2021. Mm -hmm. We may be here for a while. There's no denying that what he did in 2020 was impressive. And there's no denying that he helped build a good defense with a defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, in 21. But there's also no doubt that his offense, when healthy, is extremely impressive. He built a good system. The problem is, He's as bland as they come as a play caller, and the Browns need a better season from him more than anything in twenty twenty two. And
2: and the thing is about it is like, look, we're having the same similar mm. situation mm. in Cleveland right now. Nah, you know what I mean. And mm. um, with the with Cavs, the Cavs anyway, yeah, right. They have a guy who's probably going to get rookie um coach of the year if the Cavs can get to the playoffs. All right. right? And they probably are. They are on a losing skid right now. Jared Allen being out is showing oh, people yeah, a lot. Uh, how, how much? Yeah. Well, LaVert is out too, but Jared Allen being, I mean. So, Rebound
0: being out until the playoffs at the best, is is that's a real hit. Yeah. just, <laughs> that's just a huge just hit because there's no rebounding going on. Yeah. All you
2: have is right now they have Evan out there, and it's <clears throat> whoever in to give enough time for Evan to get back out. Okay. Mm-hmm. but Basically. And it's just, it's, it's going to be tough for them to pull games out against. The good thing about it is they don't have the harder part of their schedule was the first part of the year. This is the easier I part, but they may lose more in the second part because they don't have Jared out. Jared Allen to
0: me. Well, again, it was my fear for them up front. Yeah. I, I felt like the Cavaliers during the first half of the season before the break, we're playing playoff caliber basketball while other teams clearly were not.
2: And and you, you're right. And you know what I think the problem with it is now is because they, the Cavs play the kind of defense that forces other teams to be engaged. And now it's on because the teams are starting to play them like they're a top team and not a bottom team. So they're fully engaged and the Cavs Um, have to stop. Even,
1: even with Allen and Lavert out, I was pleased with the way they played against the Heat. Now, they lost it in the last, you know, and let's face it, they only lost the game, well, I think it was 13 or 14 points to the Heat, but only 10 points to the Chicago Bulls. I think they could find a way to pull this together without the two pieces that they need desperately. Right.
2: Now, the comparison I'm trying to make is you got the same thing happening there. Bickerstaff could possibly win. And then the next season, you're going to be looking for Bickerstaff to make improvements or continue on the same growth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stefanski won coach of the year. And then this past season, he did not continue the growth.
1: Okay. Right. No. That's he rested at the world, I guess.
0: That's just period. He didn't do it. It's real easy when when you get the confirmation of coach of the year from your peers and and the sports writers and everybody. Um, What happens is uh, you start to believe your own hype. Okay, And maybe some of the reasons why you got there, that chip that was on your shoulder that made you the coach of the year. It's just not as pronounced. And and so I'm looking for a bounce back for Kevin Stefanski because the critical birds are out now and they're tweeting their song. Okay, right.
2: I I think the other big problem
0: with the Stefanski and the coach
2: of the year and the dynamics behind it is if it's a young team that hasn't achieved yet and you get coach of the year, you're almost looked at as a coach of the year who's good at developing players. Yeah, um, yeah. Something's got to happen with that. We got a young team, and they
0: regress some. They should oh, yeah. be
2: progressing, not regressing.
0: But, but then, again, again, <clears throat> and I will just say this, and and I cautioned people about this midseason last year that that the Browns were literally in a statistical position to where they won a lot of their games in in the three to seven point margin. OK, right. and the statistical average of the number of games that they won in that low margin were that teams that did that, especially being ahead of schedule, if you were, and made the playoffs actually underperformed the next season. It's right. a statistical surety almost. What happens and, when
2: shit doesn't go your way?
0: Right. right. Exactly. And so that, that, that there were a number of Browns wins in 2020, where the ball kind of bounced the Browns way, if you will. And right. it, that didn't happen in 21, not to, not, notwithstanding the fact that you, your quarterback gets injured game two and then right. re injures and then re injures that shoulder again in game four. Okay. And yeah, it's it, it, all that happened, but, Kevin Stefanski's play calling didn't help
1: <laughs> at all. <clears throat> no, did not. Um, I, I, yeah, that was rough to watch in the 2021 season. And it absolutely was. I, I still feel that case Keenum would have done better than Baker. I I, I'm I, but sorry.
0: I, I still feel like everybody that's crying that should shut the fuck up about case Keenum, because if there was anybody in Cleveland who knew who case Keenum was, it was Kevin Stefanski who brought him over from Minnesota and a coach no, is going to well, play his quarterback based on his feeling of whether he can win with him or not. So I have another take on that.
1: Let me ask you this. Baker wasn't Kevin's choice. It was uh, Dorsey and ultimately probably Haslam's choice. Yeah. So did, did Kate did, I'm not saying you didn't want to win, but did possibly
0: Kevin hang Baker out to dry? No. Kevin Stefanski played the quarterback he felt he had the best chance to win with, which is what any coach would do. I will, I will say this tonight. He was wrong. <laughs> well, no, he I wasn't. No, he wasn't. Because listen, whatever the Browns' <laughs> record was this past year, if Case Keenum had been the starter throughout the year, I guarantee you it would have been worse. I, I, I will say mm. this to this.
2: I'm still not on board with the Case Keenum would have did better thing. The re, here's my reasoning why. If you have a top running game and you're gonna play the way you did, okay, especially we're not. Let's cut out the the injury part, okay? Mm-hmm, right. Um, because to me, that it just exacerbates it. Because people are he's injured. He should have. Well, then why weren't you running to play play action? I, I, I it does I not just, make any sense. It so When you set it really, up, right. out, So I will say this: when you say say to set up hang um baker to dry i'll yeah. give it to, i don't think he didn't want to win games and he was really trying to hang him to dry but what he was doing is for some reason it was almost like a showcase. well no it was almost like a showcase of baker okay and we will win this way and baker will be elite and it's like that
1: didn't need to be done that way though it, I bet, but, was, but he wasn't was. calling plays to help Baker out by any stretch. Yes, it was.
0: He was calling plays. Pass plays, pass plays, pass plays. No, it was like, no. Baker, get it done. Baker, get it done. And, and he wasn't getting it done. How many times did you have to see that before you started running well, the ball? You for? keep saying that Case Keenum would have done better, and I don't see anything okay. in Case Keenum's career except for one season. And keep in mind that he had Dalvin running the ball. Okay. And they were a run heavy team the year he guided them in 2018. Okay.
2: My my point to what I was saying and why I don't think that's the case either. Okay. Is because how I look at it is he's playing them like he was playing and calling plays like he had Aaron Rodgers. Right. Yeah. Right. And he did. And no team Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you can put 90 percent of the quarterbacks. Are there some young is there's probably one of these maybe Joe Burrow, somebody who could probably do. it. You can't call plays like that for just about any quarterback in the league. You can't do it. You just can't call plays the way that Stefanski was doing it. You're not making it easy. OK, it's not. No, Tom Brady out there. He's going to pick apart anything, no matter what the fuck you put in front of him. That's not who you have.
1: I mean, I, I can't tell you how many of us, including myself, were tearing our hair out. Excuse me. I have none to tear out, but uh, literally because of watching what was going on with the play calling with Stefanski last year, it no, was just but, so upsetting.
0: But 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 what I'm saying and then so and listen, I, I honestly just want to say this. Anybody who's sitting there making the argument is either falling into a really bad theory. And the people that are actually positing this theory in the first place aren't watching quarterback play, don't understand quarterback play. But anybody who's saying that, because you may as well say Case Keenum should be the starter over Baker Mayfield, even without an injury, if you're making the argument that he could have done better. Mm
2: No okay. team in the NFL would do that. I'm going to say that here okay. right now. No team in the NFL, if you gave them the, ch- the choice right now, would you want Case Keenan, your starter, or Baker, Baker-, Baker Mayfield would end up the starter on every single goddamn team in the league. Every team, if you gave them that choice right now. Baker would be the n f l And that, that's not a one. knock
0: on case Keenum, but he is who he is guys. And, and I just want to say, cause everybody wants to say, well, in 2018, he took the Vikings to the championship game. Yeah. Cause they were handing the ball off at a 60, 40 clip. Okay. Hmm. Okay. If, if, if Kevin Stefanski had handed the ball off 60% of the time, Last year, you probably would have made the playoffs because you literally fell one game short of doing that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, the Steelers game in, in should the have final been won game off of the of our year. I, in the final game of the year, I just want to point <clears> out that <throat> you beat handily one of the actual Super Bowl participants, <clears throat> and you handed the ball off 41 times that game. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Not only that, I want to. Th- the, per, the whole big shebang to all that. <laughs> Remember the Pittsburgh game, right? Yeah. Nationally televised, right? Yeah. What was all only time? At the end of the game, when Pittsburgh was running their running back, they were like, he looks like Nick Chubb. Yeah. OK. During the time that we are on the field, they were like, I don't know why they won't run the ball. Let's literally look. What was it? Was it straight at the halftime or something that was like, said, I, like I just don't know why the they Browns don't run the ball. Yeah, the exactly. Ball. Right. exactly. I don't know why they're running the ball. We lost right. games because we didn't run. That's to it. One game away from the playoffs. The team that Look, if you beat the Steelers, you don't even have to worry about them anymore.
0: Dude, the right. Raiders even have the chance to beat you on Monday night with a game-winning field goal if you're running the ball the way you should. Exactly. Hey, hey, guys, this is off subject, but i just
1: seen this. It's a picture of Deshaun Watson. It says, he no longer fits in with our quarterback culture. Steelers GM on Deshaun Watson being found not guilty of sexual assault.
0: Well, right, but the Steelers have said, and and listen, Hats off to the Steelers, and maybe that's an indication for the Browns because if they don't do anything well, they make pretty good decisions when it comes to quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks, if you will. Um, Yes, they do. And they have said, we're going to go with Mason Rudolph, okay? Uh, and, you know, look, if we live to regret that, we'll live to regret that. But we're not going to try to fix that with Deshaun yeah, the, Watson.
2: The Steelers are famous as well for playing their backup quarterback when they or their next quarterback up. OK, and then if the time, the place
0: they need a quarterback, and, they and let's somehow just make a, get him. Let me make a joke here. OK, had he been indicted, they'd have probably signed him because, well, he's not a rapist. We don't want him. <laughs> right. Right. Because Ben Roethlisberger. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> we should end it on that one. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think now it's time to get the fuck out of here. Cause, cause, yeah, yeah, there you go. Because why not, guys? Because I was like, hey, what else you going to say? So with having said that, mm-hmm. it's been TBF, a Browns fans podcast. It's the first mm-hmm. off-season uh, go at it, and you're gonna hear from us again. Say, maybe in a month, right? Right, right. I, so, I would, before you totally end it, you know. Last
2: unless last page, some really good news comes up, maybe. Our last comments. I'd like to chime in for what I think it should be. We uh-huh. should give our draft pred- uh, uh, prediction.
0: Who, who, you, who you think we're gonna draft? Oh no, no, no! 13? I want that to be next episode, dude. Oh, that's next so Get your okay. shit together because yeah, we'll be, together. we will reconvene before the draft here. Okay. And okay. so all of you, and, and by the way, anybody else included, because you can email us and it'll get to all of us. Just email Paul at thisbrownsfan.com and uh, let us know what you want to see on draft day from Andrew Barry and the Cleveland Browns. And, and and by the way, as a last comment, as I meant to say this when we were talking about all the other stuff, I think Andrew Berry, I think we can trust this guy to do what's best for the team. In, I, I just I laid that out. Regardless of it. how it impacts him. how people feel about a person. Right. I trust okay. him implicitly. And in that I am thankful. So we should be happy about that. In the meantime, in the in-between time, and until it's that time, this is Paul, Jeff, and Hugh for TBF, a Browns fan's podcast saying, we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. <laughs> yeah.